0: But hey, I I just want to start. We're 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 in Christmas, so so we can say Merry Christmas, and it's super appropriate, right? Because it's not too early. We're we're in that season, in that time, and we're going through a series uh, called "Do You Hear What I Hear?" and it's it's just talking about the the Jesus story. Last week, Pastor Brandon unpacked the idea of us just waiting on on Jesus. There's a lot of waiting involved in Jesus coming. Hundreds of years of not hearing from God and kind of coming, and so we get to that point where we're where we're we're. Um, uh, where he came, and so today I want to kind of take a little bit of a different angle on this. We we'll kind of look a little bit different, a, a different side of that, um, and and really the kind of topic is going to be kind of a little bit that Jesus was despised. But I want to start with this. Um, the, the, there's there's times when we can despise something because of association, okay? Because of association. Uh, for instance, you know I, I grew up in, in Portland. I'm a huge Portland Trailblazer fan, and I just cannot stand. The Lakers, L.A. Lakers, hate them, hate them. I don't even know when I say that. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like if it's like, like an individual, not really, but just like the organization because my association with that is we just got beat all the time from the Lakers. I can recount moments, uh, even quarters, where I know what happened, and I know who did what, and I know who didn't do what, and typically it was a Blazer who didn't do something, but I can recount these moments, and so because of that negative association, I just, I cannot stand the Lakers, the, you know, yellow and and purple, ridiculous color scheme, I just can't, those two combos, can't handle it, (laughs) cannot handle it just because of the association, now, it's, they're wonderful people, I'm sure, but because of that association, I just can't, I can't get over it. I think that idea we can all kind of relate with on, on some level, there's, there's some associations that we have that we make that, that we get to the point where because I've had maybe like a, a negative thought about something that's in that general topic, I'm just gonna discount it all and just kind of, kind of throw it all out. Just kind of throw it all out. Now, now Jesus was not always received the same way by everybody. We read a Christmas story, and the classic Christmas narrative is this, right? It's it's the it's there, there's like this this barn with like all these quiet animals just like laying there, and like the shepherds are there, and they're just you know having this like a, a, you know wonderful moment because the angels told them to come and see this baby, and this baby's just laying there not crying at all, just si- you know quiet, silent night, which is silly also. If you ever had a baby, you know that that's silly, but like like they, we have this like this really calm, tranquil like great scene. We read the story to our kids all the time. And we have like picture books about this calm, great, you know, positive narrative. But there's a dark side to the Christmas story that we sometimes, you know, whether our kids can comprehend it or not, we kind of will we'll maybe skip over just for having to explain some things. And, and, and the, the bottom line is this, um, that, that people despise Jesus uh, because Jesus' kingdom threatens their kingdom. Right, That the people despise Jesus because Jesus' kingdom threatens their kingdom. Let's go read about that in Matthew 2. In Matthew 2, we, we, we read, uh, starting in verse 1, it says this, that now, after Jesus was born, in Bethlehem and Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying... Where is he who was born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and <clears throat> troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem in Judea. For, uh, for so. It is written by the, by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers in Judea. For from you shall come the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So Herod summoned the wise men secretly, ascertained from them the time the star had appeared and went uh, and sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for a child. And when he had come and found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Now let's skip ahead to, ver- to, to verse 16. And it says, Then Herod saw, uh, then Herod saw that, that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and uh, sent and, uh, and, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all of the region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he ascertained from the wise men. So that got dark in a hurry. Okay, so King Herod is sitting like, okay, I'm here about this king of the Jews is coming. He's thinking to himself, hold on, I'm the king of the Jews. I'm the king. I'm, I, I got this thing. And all of a sudden, oh, so, oh, so someone's going to come and threaten my rule. Okay. What is he, he, so he, he steps in to try and to put an end to that. See, because he, he, he is so concerned with, with keeping his own kingdom and he's so concerned with, with the control that he has that he might possibly lose it. He then j- j- kind of clamps down on that thing. And so Herod felt you know, that he was the king, using that Jesus was the exact threat that would, that would take away that kingdom and that power from him. And he despised Jesus because Jesus' kingdom that was coming was gonna threaten his so Jesus was despised. Jesus was despised and even plotted against it to, to, to try and be killed. And, and even later in Jesus' life, he still was despised. We look at John, and further, further up in John 6, verse 65 and 66, he said, this is why I told you, this is Jesus speaking, that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. What well, Jesus was saying, that, that, that he is from God, you can't get to God except through him, that's a hard thing to comprehend. And disciples walked away. Even, Matthew, even in Matthew 10, Jesus says, you know, and you will be hated for my name's sake. Jesus is well aware of the fact that he will be despised, that not everyone is gonna have the same reaction to the Savior coming and have the same reaction to, to the King coming. But here's the truth. You know, my, my kingdom is made up of things that aren't gonna last. The things that I, that, that I you know, rule over, they're, they're gonna fade away. They're nothing compared to God's kingdom because I am flawed and I am not worthy to be the king of anything. But Jesus is worthy to be the king and his kingdom will live forever. And so we have to really check ourselves as Christians to think, you know, am, 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 I, am I? How do I view Jesus? My view of Jesus and Him being King or Him being, you know, maybe Lord and Savior of my life. How does that affect my view of Him? Here's here, here's another another way that people despise Jesus. Um, the people despise Jesus because if I need Jesus, that means that I'm not good enough. See, people people despise Jesus because. If I need Jesus, that means that I'm not good enough and that I'm lacking in some way. It's hard to admit that we can't do things on our own. It's hard to admit that I would need something that I can't just manufacture or I can't just create or I can't just attain by working harder or, or learning more uh, or, or even you know, going on YouTube and trying to learn because that's you know, kind of the way we, we try to get ahead sometimes. Uh, the, the, but the very mention that I am weak and then I'm not good enough, it's just not easy to admit. You see, a humanistic version or humanistic you know, pursuit would say, no, no, you got it within you. No, no, you can do it, no, you can. If you just do this, if you just do that, if you just commit to this way or commit that way, you can achieve it. And that's kind of all these self-help books, just kind of do that, hey, be more disciplined or be more this or that. And, and, and the problem is when it comes to having a relationship with God, when it comes to heaven, when it comes to eternity, we would have to be so good that, that, that it, it's just silly to think that I could even be that, that kind of person have a connection and relationship with God because I need to be absolutely perfect. And, and I am not, and I am not. See, the truth is that I'm not good enough and I'm not strong enough to live my life without sin no i can I can pursue God and I can, I can I can pursue holiness and the idea of sanctification where over time i can I can kind of get rid of some of these things, but but still uh, I am still a sinner in need of a savior and so i I need god because i i I am weak but but the weird paradigm of how Jesus works is displayed in second Corinthians here Jesus says or as Paul talking says my my Quotes Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, we have to first get to that point where we admit. You know, you admit that you have a problem. If you're an addict and you're in, and you're in recovery, the idea is that, that you, you're not going to go anywhere unless you first admit, hey, uh, you know, I, I am you know, an alcoholic or I am an addict or I do need this help. You have to get to that point where you just straight admit I am too weak to do this on my own. Or, I, I'm too addicted. I'm too, I'm too boundless I, that, that I need God's help. And, and the power of God gives us that ability in our weakness that God is made strong. And so, so you know, we need to acknowledge that my weakness, acknowledge my weakness and need for Jesus takes an incredible amount of strength. That, that, that to acknowledge my weakness and need for Jesus it takes an incredible amount of strength. And I want to encourage us in this holiday season to just think about that concept, like am, am, am I holding on to my own strength and my own power, am I, am, am I trying to handle this issue, that thing that you just struggle with, that one thing, right? It seems like we all have that one thing. Am I just, am I just tackling this on my own, thinking I got this and I can do this? When in the bottom line is that we need God's help. We do, and some people despise Jesus for, for the, the fact that, that we need him, because there's implications there, but I'll say this, that we need God's help. I need it and you need it as well. Kind of another reason why people despise Jesus is this, is that because, this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek way to say it, but uh, people despise Jesus because Jesus' followers are the worst. Jesus' followers are the worst. Now, now I don't mean just a blanket statement. I'm saying that a little um, kind of tongue-in-cheek way, but how many of us know people who will claim the name of Jesus? Claim to be a Christ follower, but it seems like everything they do has nothing to do with Christ. <laughs> everything, uh, the, the way they talk, the way they interact, what they do, just seems so opposite and contrary to what Jesus taught and what He did. That you're just like, oh my gosh, is this what this is all about? Is this what Christians really do? Is this, is this like, this what they, this what it is? And so, and so, we get this idea that the people are despising Jesus just because he, he, they see what the followers. Have become but but, but but the truth is that christ 's followers aren 't perfect we 're not perfect, we need to acknowledge that, and that, that we 'll let you down if, if, if we worship men, if we worship people, if that 's our focus, if our faith is just wrapped up in a, in, a, in a person other than jesus christ we 're going to fail because let 's be real we 've been, we've been trained. Would anything surprise you if any news came out about a politician? or you know, anything where they were, oh, they were actually up to the, this, these kind of shenanigans. You know that, That's a shock. I don't think I would be surprised at anything because it just happens so often. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you, pro- you probably did that thing because it's just not surprising. There's just, it's just we, we just, it's, but we don't put our faith in men. We don't put our faith in women. We don't put our faith in a person. We put our faith rather in Jesus Christ. And the way that it's supposed to work is you and I are, are, are not supposed to be, be perfect, but we're supposed to reflect the goodness of God. We're supposed to reflect God's love and be that example. Uh, Jesus says it in the Sermon on the Mount, calls it the, 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 in 5.16, that we're supposed to let our light shine before men, that we may... See that people may see our good works and glorify God in heaven. The ideas that, that I can somehow, in my weakness, do something for God and, and, and that, that reflection come, comes off of me and then points right to God. It doesn't point to me, it doesn't make me better or me rich or, or give glory to me, but are the ideas that, that people are supposed to see us and then, and then, and then see God. And, and for us to admit that we're weak and to admit that we need Jesus, that, that's powerful. I don't know if you've ever had an interaction with someone who finally just admitted a a shortcoming or a failure that that they're just honest about it. And and there's something about, there's power in that, in in somebody admitting their humanity, but then also making those struggles and then moving on forward. It's a powerful concept and it really helps, um, I I think in in a way points people to God to see how grace can be played out in the lives um, of others. Now, but, but, but I'll say this, and this is, this, this, um, I'll, I'll need to clarify, but here, here it, is. it says this. When sharing Jesus with others, the message can be offensive, but not the messenger. Okay, let me say it. When sharing Jesus with others, the message can be offensive, but not the messenger. Here's what I mean by that. To share the good news of Jesus, the gospel, to share that, the core of that is that we're sinners in need of a savior. Some people hear that, and, and I mean, I hear that, and I'm like, yeah, I, I am, <laughs> I am. And, and, and thank God that, that I do have a savior. But for those who don't know, and they hear all of a sudden, hey, you're a sinner, you, you do bad things, you need a savior. And like, hold on, what do I need? What do you think I need? My life's pretty good. I got a house, I got a family, I got a job, I got, you know, a car, I got, like, you know like I'm doing pretty good. What, what do you mean I, I'm lacking? And it can be offensive. It can be offensive to hear that, that, that you're a sinner that needs something, and so but and, and so and so the message of Jesus should 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 not be you know watered down. It, it, it should not be you know that that was his message and that message offended people even when he shared them. But here's here's our role. Like it's not my role to, to be a jerk about it. It's not my role to to be um, condescending or to be rude or or to. It's, it's like I'm I'm supposed to communicate in a certain way. 1 Peter says that, that always be prepared to give an answer. In 1 Peter 3.15, 15, always prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for your hope, but do this with gentleness and respect. Those two words are the game changer. We need to do it with gentleness and respect. And then 2 Corinthians kind of, it, we'll, we'll kind of combine these two together and it says, First, in 2 Corinthians five fourteen. 14, um, for Christ's love compels us. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that that, that one died for all and therefore all died and, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So So we have this communicating with respect and with gentleness and our motivation, the fuel for this whole thing is, is Christ's love. I remember doing a, for, for a while when I was an intern, I was, I was a long time ago when we, we started doing some street evangelism. The street evangelist and the youth pastor that I was working under the time thought it was a great idea to do this, you know, program where you kind of just go on the street and just, just talk to people. And so we went on this. We were on a missions trip. And we were in San Francisco, and you know, I was one of the leaders. Kind of matched up with some of these kids. I remember there was one kid. He was a senior at the time, and and just you know, one of those you know, kind of kids that just knew everything. And you know, we're just kind of living in his world. And 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 I remember him going up and, and sharing with somebody. And I just, I just remember being like the most offensive, like just, you know, kind of mean spirited, kind of angry way. And, and, you know, I just, I, I, when we walked away, I said, Hey, hold on. That was like, you know, easy. Like that was pretty, pretty rough. And I remember him just saying, you know what? And the guy's, I should say this, the guy's reaction to him was real harsh too, <laughs> to where I kind of was like, it's like, okay, let's just go, you know? And, and I, and, and he was thanking God for persecution. And I said, no, no. I remember, this guy, I remember this guy, and I said, "I said, hold on." I said, "I said, you were just a jerk." <laughs> I said, "I said, this isn't this is this isn't persecution. This is a reaction to you just being mean, uh, you know." And, and and that that moment, I was kind of like, "Hold on, like there's there's a right way and a wrong way to do these things." And, and and this was the wrong, but 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 you know, we we shouldn't we shouldn't offend people with how I treat them. I shouldn't offend people with 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 how uh, how I do. But but I need to be clear about the message. And if the message offends you, if hey, if you, if you don't, if you hey. I'm not a sinner in need of a savior, okay, okay that can offend you because that's God's message, and it's just our job to communicate. but the way I do it and the way you do it should be in love, fueled by love with gentleness, which is the power restraint is gentleness, is power to control, and then respect, which are both choices that that, that you and I make and so i want, i want I just want to make sure that we understand that it is it is um, it is you know not is the gospel message that will be rejected, not m- my love for, for my neighbor. And here's kind of a, a point here that is that the love is the motivation and the method in which we share Jesus. Love is the method, because that is our goal. And as we kind of look, look at, um, wind it down a little bit here, could we're short on time, the, the, I'll say this, that the good news of Jesus is both the perfect gift to receive and is the perfect gift to give. You see, because when we approach people, they they we all have thoughts on Jesus. Everyone has a thought on Jesus. Whether you've had you know long time church member where you've had a lot of history, uh, where, where you've, you know, maybe you've had a pretty biblically accurate view, or maybe you just heard of a Jesus that exists, or maybe you've known people that 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 call themselves Christians and, and followers of Him. But we all kind of have a a a history with that. But we believe that when Luke 2 says, in the Christmas story, Luke 2.10 says, um, when the angels talk and said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. That is good news, that, that we have a Savior and that we have been given the gift that, that, that is Jesus and, and, and his sacrifice, his grace that comes with him. And so when we think about this time of year, when we think about Christmas, it's, it's and, and I know we hear this every year, it's all about the distractions, right? The presents and the lights and the, you know, candy and the, you know, getting your, your company in order, getting your decorations in order. There's all these things that can kind of swirl around this, but at the center for the Christian, we are celebrating Jesus' birth and we're celebrating Jesus' birth, that means that, that, that there's good news with great joy, that unto us was born a savior. So, so you and I have, have a choice that we can, we can, um, we can just kind of sit on this, kind of just knowing that fact, or, or we can share it. John three sixteen and 17 are, are very powerful and succinct, and, and I don't know if popular is the right word, but it's a very well-known verse. John three sixteen just says that, that for God so loved the world, he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shouldn 't perish but will have eternal life. Verse seventeen says that for God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. so if you haven't ever accepted Jesus as your savior or if you haven't ever thought about it you know, any more so than maybe just a cultural thing. I, I wanna encourage you that this Christmas to, to think about the, the, um, the weight of, of, of God sending his son to earth so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have that relationship with him. Because let me tell you what, the way we're doing things here is not working. All the, everything that, the, the, It seems like everything that we had that was stable in our lives is is not finances, health. Um, you, you know, not that we ever thought government was horribly stable, but like that's you know a hot mess. It's like all these things that we had as this foundation are just are are are, are um, very shaky. But what what hasn't sh- changed and what hasn't moved and was not shaking at all is God's kingdom. That's kingdom here on earth because God's kingdom is where God is king. And I wanna say that that you and I, despite all of the uncertainty around us, we can be certain that Jesus came to this world to save us, to forgive us, to offer that that gift of of eternal life, that through him we can can have that relationship with God and we can be with him in heaven. There's nothing down here we can do that makes us good enough to deserve that or to earn that. It is a gift. And if you've accepted that gift and if you've already done that, I wanna encourage you to be praying about someone to share it with share that gift. We're just to give gifts, right? That's the idea, is giving gifts. But if you haven't, I want you to, I want you to think about this gift that God gave. I want you to, to, to consider that maybe, maybe you have a role in this story as well. Maybe you are, are, are a part of this where, where um, maybe Jesus died for you. <laughs> maybe. Because I can tell you that, that I know he did. He didn't come to condemn. He didn't, he, he didn't come to just you know, tell people that, that they're awful, but rather he came to, to save. And so as, as, as we kind of wind down here, the worship is gonna come out and we're gonna sing um, so, uh, another song. I want you to think about this this point again. I'll, I'll say it again, that the good news of Jesus is both the perfect gift to receive and it is the perfect gift to give. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we uh, just come before you, knowing that Christmas is is fun and it's exciting, and we decorate a certain way, and we act a certain way, and we sing these different songs. And Lord, that is that is fun and it is good, but but Lord, may we not turn our attention away from you, from 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 your Son, Jesus, that that died uh, on the cross for us. Lord, He was born for sinners, in which I am, which everyone listening is. Um, and Lord, we, we, I just pray that you will be tugging on our hearts, those who have not received that gift, that Lord, you would plant that seed, that, that, um, that they would just be thinking about this and they would just, just be um, pointed towards you this Christmas season. And Lord, for those of us who have walked with, with you for a while, Lord, put people in front of us and in our lives and give us the, the ability Holy Spirit, I pray you would, you would prompt us and guide us to be sharing with those who need you. It is, a, it is a powerful concept. It is a powerful um, uh, idea and really kind of hard to understand fully, but Lord, you love us so much that you sent your son to die. That my faith in him, in Jesus Christ, and that, that he forgave us for our sins is, is all we need to have that relationship with you. God, as we, as we sing uh, this song, may, may you be glorified through it and may, may our hearts be pointed towards you. We ask this in your name, amen.